and welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today I'm going to be kicking off the All-Star Weekend coverage. Today, Josh Giddy is participating in not one, but two of the events, so I'll be getting you guys clued in for the Clorox Rising Stars Tournament, in addition to the Clutch Challenge. So you do not want to miss out on that. I'll talk Giddy. I'll talk about his team, all four teams competing in the Rising Stars, and what to watch out for during play. And to top it all off, I'm going to be giving a very special offer from my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, so you do not want to miss out on that. But starting things out, guys, I want to kick it off with for Friday's events. And there's technically three that will be played. Starting things off, you have the celebrity game. Kind of given the breakdown on it, you know, I'm one that maybe doesn't know as many celebrities on this roster. But you do have Miles Garrett from the Browns. You have Mayor Justin Bibbs. So since it's in Cleveland, there's a lot of uh, people from that area being included here. So you have Bibb, you got Miles Garrett, Jack Harlow is going to round out the roster, and then you go to the other roster, Machine Gun Kelly is there, you got Quavo, um, and then you have a couple of others, but yeah, this will be um, a fun game, you know, when you when you break it down, do they have like the Justin Bieber or uh, like a crazy, crazy line of guys? Maybe not, but like they're all celebrities in their own right, I'm sure this will be a good game. If I were to guess who wins, um, I guess we'll go with Team Walton since they have Quavo and Machine Gun Kelly. But yeah, that's the one that starts things out. And then you get into the actual events here with the NBA players and you get Josh Giddy into the mix. And there's the Clorox Rising Stars game. That's expected to start at 8 p.m. Central Standard with the Celebrity Game. That coverage begins at 6 p.m. on TNT. Uh, but once you go into Rising Stars... It is a three-game tournament, and with this, you have four separate teams. Seven players on each of those rosters, 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, and four G League Ignite selections. One a pop going to uh, the four separate units. But they get involved in this, and what it is is you have the three rounds. First round, you know, Team A versus Team B, Team C versus Team D. It goes to 50 points, and the winners of those two matches advance into the finals. And in that in-between time, leading into the championship, you get the Clorox Clutch Challenge, which Josh Giddy will be partaking in. And this is an eight-player event. I know they used to have a similar all-star um, game to this. It might have been called like Shooting Stars or something like that. I'm going to check that as I'm talking here. But... They had this event where you had to hit it from, you know, the inside, the foul line, the three-pointer, and then you had to hit a half-court shot, and it looks like they really translated that over to this weekend because it did show a good amount of promise when they did have it. It was the Shooting Stars uh, contest, by the way, uh, but they kind of put it on the back burner. They're bringing it back for the 75th anniversary, but instead of just doing the simple spin of you know, five random shots ending with the half-court heave. There are five sp spots that are specifically made uh, based on shots that have come down in the last 75 years of the game. So you have a Magic Johnson baby hook that's right above the restricted area. 
Ray Allen's right corner three that came from the finals. That prayer of a shot was able to set up Miami uh, with the finals victory over the San Antonio Spurs. You have a Charles Barkley top of the key shot about 20 feet out, I'd say. Reggie Miller from the right wing. And to round it off, adding insult to injury, you have Damian Lillard from the logo. And when it says the logo, it's not actually the logo of the court. It is, um, you know, the spot that gave him the little signal to wave goodbye, got Paul George and Russ out of OKC. Yeah, that one. And I'd say it worked out for Oklahoma City anyways. But, you know, that's a, that's a bit of salt in the wounds to that fan base. And Josh Giddy may ultimately be the man who has to hit that shot for his unit. But you break down the eight players. You have Tyrese Halliburton and Desmond Bain on team one. Team two has Scotty Barnes and Chris Duarte. Now, this is interesting because Scotty and Chris are both up in the air. Chris Duarte is not playing, so they'll have to find a replacement for him. Uh, but with Scotty Barnes, there's been some issues in Toronto trying to fly them down to Cleveland right now. So both him and Precious Achua... They might not be able to show up. They weren't able to practice. So team two might just be random guys they pick out from the group of rookies and sophomores, which I think would still be pretty damn cool. And then team three is Evan Mobley and Josh Giddy. You have to love that dynamic duo. And then for the G League Ignite, they have Michael Foster Jr. and Fanbo Zhang. Both of those guys, shooting guard. I actually say it's small forward, power forward with both Foster and Zhang. So I'm curious how they end up playing. I'm assuming those were the, the two guys left out from the four um, guys in the Rising Stars game. But, you know, you got to give them some credit. They are some hell uh, of good basketball players. And the same goes for everybody. If I were to guess who wins this, I feel like Desmond Bain and Halliburton should have this one. You know, those are both lethal shooters. If you're going to break down where they might struggle from, I don't know. I mean, these are shots uncontested. Maybe the post hook could give an issue, but it really shouldn't. I think it all comes down to the logo. Just like when the shooting stars was out there, came down to the half court heave. And how this is going to work, team one gets 90 seconds on the clock. If they finish the game uh, after a minute, 10 seconds, team two then has a minute, 10 seconds on their timer. If they get it down to 50 seconds, Team three has 50 seconds to complete all five shots. Let's say they make it in 52 seconds. Well, they end up losing. And then team four has to uh, return fire and lower the bar from the 50 seconds team to set up. So pretty simple scenario there. This is kind of one that just tides you over into the championship match for the Rising Stars game. And with a loaded roster, this is bound to have a ton of fireworks, and I'm going to go into the full breakdown on all four teams in one second here, but first, I want to give you guys a very special offer from my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests, and DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes 
with their first deposit. Here's what you have to do for the offer. Go ahead and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line. That's 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467 467- Three six nine, but guys, moving along to the Rising Stars Challenge. I talked a little bit about this a week or two ago when rosters were officially announced, but I feel like I'd be doing a disservice if I did not give you all a deep dive because this is a very expansive roster. A lot of prospect evaluation uh, is actually here. Now it's a low stakes game, right? But there are some intriguing prospects, and there are some. It- extremely fun bearings to watch out for during the next two two and a half hours you'd probably see them play later on tonight and it starts out since you do have the four teams you have rick barry as one of the coaches isaiah thomas gary payton and james worthy rounding everything out and the way that it worked Team Barry looks to be Team A. Now, we'll see how the bracket is actually set up because it has not been released yet. Maybe it's just a randomizer and they'll just put it down that way. But it seems like Team Barry is going to be Team A. And with it, Team Barry is full of a ton of rookies. And they're the fun ones. So when you look at the top prospects from the 2021 NBA draft class, Lots of guys come to mind, and you've had some time to sit on it, so there's been players such as Josh Giddy who have really risen up the boards in terms of like being tantalizing, same with Trey Mann, but going into it, you had Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley at that forefront, Jalen Green was also right there, and arguably he was probably tied for number one in terms of most exciting. Green's not on this roster, but you get two out of the three. You get Cade, the number one draft pick, and then you get Evan Mobley, who was selected at number three, and then you splotch in another lottery pick in Franz Wagner from the Orlando Magic. So they got those three guys, but they also were looking to get a bit more teammate chemistry. They get first rounder Alperin Sengun from the Rockets, and then they added Jay Sean Tate uh, to work out with him. Rounded out with the Isaac Okoro. That's a pairing with Evan Mobley. And then they have G League Ignite guard Dyson Daniels filling out the roster. So when you look at this, it is a extremely fun team top to bottom. But you have to look at the stars here. And I'm talking about Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. I want to see Mobley set high ball screens any chance that he gets. Seven footer, lengthy, athletic. He's shown competence from three, 
let those two run it out and put the other three guys at the corner. I understand this is more about just showing off. You probably don't want to get that serious with it. But if you want to win, just abuse the hell out of that one-two combo. Cade Cunningham shot 40% in college with Oklahoma State last year. He wasn't supposed to do that. And a lot of those shots came off of defenders going under on high ball screens. If he's at the top of the key and he's open, I'm pretty confident in that jumper with him. And off of the drive, you have the option to stick it right to Mobley. And that's also going to get you some pretty good results. So that's the combination you put in the highlighter. But there still are some other great guys on this team. And you do have uh, the crafty passing. You do have what you have in Mobley. But look at Alperin Sengun too as kind of the wild card player. Sengun has been really good for the Houston Rockets this season. There's no two ways about it. Just came off of a double-double. I think he had 17 and 14 uh, in the starting role there. But his play is just so unorthodox for a center but it's so damn fun to watch at six foot eight the man's footwork is really unparalleled you see a lot of spin moves uh moving spins leading into jumpers the post shots coming off the spins turnarounds he's chucking up three pointers from way downtown now and the passing ability this guy is throwing no look dimes like it's nothing that's the kind of player you want to have on a format like this just bring the most exciting people out there Alperin Sengun does that and then you do have Jay Sean Tate who isn't necessarily a high flyer but he can get up there and the defense will give you some flexibility so one through five they do have a well-constructed roster they'll get a good rotation in and I'm sure everyone will get a solid amount of reps here uh, but the one player I really want to highlight outside of Cunningham and outside of Mobley it's actually Dyson Daniels, and I haven't been able to do enough scouting on him. I really want to. I'm going to work on that. Same with all the G League Ignite guys, college guys, and hell, even G Leaguers in general, because there's so many gyms. Uh, but with Dyson, you're getting a six foot six point guard. This is another jumbo guard right up Sam Presti's alley, and he's currently mocked as a fringe lottery guy so i'd say like 10 to 16 would be the spot right now that was josh giddy's projected range and the dude fell to number six or he got taken at number six so you can't take it at face value but he's picking up steam there you know okc i don't really know if they need another guy uh that's that's a jumbo point guard again but he is very skilled as a passer so you have Cade, who's really nice throwing those cross-court heaves and can create for others. Uh, and Dyson really does the same thing. With him, I'm not entirely sold on his jumper. Uh, he hasn't had enough reps with the G. And then also, the shot isn't relatively fast. It does work right now, but I'd like to see it sped up a bit more. What you really want to look at him as, as a playmaker. As the secondary option, I love him. You can get Isaiah, uh, not Isaiah Mobley, Evan Mobley. Why am I talking about USC? <laughs> um, but you can get Evan Mobley up there, or you can get Sangoon. Either of those two work out for him. That's where he plays his best off of those screens, and he can kick out of it, and, and then he can also drive in himself. So that's one of those sneaky players that might surprise some, and I think they could ultimately make a run uh, due to the depth that they have. And I didn't even mention Wagner or Okoro, who are great 3 and D presences, and I think those if it comes down the wire, might be the biggest players you could have 
uh, going into those final moments. Uh, but moving on from them, you go to Team Isaiah Thomas. And when you think of Isaiah Thomas, or at least when I do, the era that sticks out is the bad boy Pistons. You got him. You got Rodman. You got Rick Mahorn. You got Lambeer. Just a ton of scrappy guys. And even though you can't throw like a UFC match in NBA games anymore, Isaiah Thomas just went for the grittiest defensive-oriented players that were available. And he decided, you know what? There's no point in taking rookies. He's looking to win. He took half of the sophomore pool. Every pick he was allowed to pick a sophomore or rookie, he went for a sophomore. He only took a rookie, and it's not even a real rookie. He took Jaden Hardy because he had to. So everyone here came from the 2020 draft class outside of Jaden, and he'll be in the 2022 selection process. But you start at the top here with a fringe all-star, and really two of them, and Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton. That's a crazy dynamic duo, man. And to go along with it, you get Desmond Bain, one of the most lethal sharpshooters in the NBA right now. He does it on both ends for you. And then you have Sadiq Bey, who has been inefficient at some times, but he's kind of gotten his act together in Detroit. So four guys that are amazing. You get Isaiah Stewart and Precious Achua if he shows up and gets off his flight. Uh, those are really scrappy guys and I'm talking about beef stew in particular I mean if Isaiah Stewart gets rubbed the wrong way you get an all-out brawl um you know on the rising stars challenge right uh birth of a new star different sport but you might get it um but yeah I mean he is going to be probably getting scrappy Achua he's a nice back-to-basket big and then with Jaden Hardy you get a player who I'll talk about a little bit later, but I'll kind of hit the basics on him now. I mean, he's a tantalizing prospect. Number two player out of the high school class. Only Chet Holtcrum had his number, and he opted to go the G League Ignite route. And with it, he looked pretty good. He averaged 17.7 points in 12 games. With the Ignite, they're not playing regular season contests. They're only doing the Winter Showcase, which has already happened. And then they might have a midseason tour that they'll go on in a little bit here. But he looked good uh, in that aspect. And he's just a three-level scorer. He has the bounce to him. He's able to get the self-creation skills off. Very nice pull-up to his game. Decent handle. Uh, and even though his three-point shot was below 30% with the Ignite, I feel like he can really get hot, and once he's hot, it's hard to stop him. So this is kind of the secret guy you can splice in there. The one issue um, is just the roster. Like, the roster's so formidable already. You have Halliburton, Edwards, Bain, Bay, Stewart, and then Achua. Like, they'll run hardy uh, for sure, but man. I mean, you, you got so many good guards and wings already. Uh, it, it's hard to see him play like an instrumental on-ball role, but it could definitely happen. I, I'm pretty hyped to see how hard he's able to do with such a good roster. And the same goes for the G League Ignite member on Gary Payton's team because LaMelo Ball is on the roster. The lone all-star selection in this tournament is with the glove. And it is filled to the brim with guards just like Gary Payton. And with Gary Payton, you got that nickname, like the glove, right? 
it ended up happening to him. Someone just completely stole away from him a couple of players uh, right under his nose. Two guys ended up getting pulled out from the competition. Chris Duarte, uh, and then you had one other member. But you got Jonathan Kuminga and Deshaun Bones Highland in return. I think that's a win, to be quite honest with you. Uh, For a tournament like this, give me Jonathan Kuminga any day of the week and Deshaun Bones Highland, honestly. So those two are added with LaMelo. Ayo Desumu, he has been torching it up with the Chicago Bulls. He's right behind Giddy in February stats on assists. I think he's dropping 7.4 currently. And then you have Scotty Barnes and Jaden McDaniels. Scotty Barnes is a hell of a player. Have him with another lengthy freak athlete and Jonathan Kuminga and the mellow ball will have a heyday. And then Jaden McDaniels has some sneaky bounce, but he can also get it down from distance. One of the best parts and probably the cherry on top actually comes from their G League prospect, Scoot Henderson, 18 years old, turned 18 earlier in the month actually and he's so young he can't even declare for next season's draft but there's a real case he's the best player on the ignite already he was killing it to begin the winter showcase opening games 31 points 22 points and 27 points led his three game streak he ended up averaging well over 10 points uh, by the conclusion of his g league run But those three games made him on every radar. Everyone was talking about Henderson. Sort of died down, but the skill set is there. This is an agile guard. When it comes down to transition play, he'll blow right past you. He's willing to take contact around the basket. And he was making 30-year-old G League vets look like they were 17 in a JV game. He was killing them there. And the passing ability is also nice. I think he could get a, a get a, a couple of lobs from LaMelo Ball, just like everybody else. You know, and LaMelo, he's born for this kind of stage. You think about LaMelo Ball's track record, all of it is just like performance art, and he does a hell of a job with it. Starting with Chino Hills, he's playing with Lonzo and LiAngelo. Man's chucking full court passes, he's throwing backboard shots to Lonzo Ball, and he's pulling it from half court and making it. He was the best you know, seller in high school back then. Like everyone wanted to be LaMelo Ball or they at least wanted to follow the family because he was able to fill the damn seats. And even when he was in Lithuania, continued to make it a story, goes to the NBL. And he kind of went back down under the radar just due to the US market on things. But he was killing the competition. He comes back and he's one of the most exciting players in the NBA with the Charlotte Hornets. In a game like this where there aren't really some set rules it's kind of just open for interpretation might be more lax i fully expect to see some dimes being dropped down to jonathan kuminga some posterizers being laid down and some people getting some fat paychecks just based off of that guaranteed sports center highlight coming from a lamello ball alley-oop or just a lamello ball play in general he has the passing he has the handle and he has the shot making ability to make things happen gotta circle him uh going into the game and under the assumption that is team c they will be going toe-to-toe with team d that is james worthy's group and it involves josh giddy 
James Worthy, just like Isaiah Thomas, he's kind of attached to an era. Now, when you consider James Worthy like number one on the Showtime Lakers, definitely not, but he snuck into the era, and with that, you're looking to get those tall guards, you're looking to get the playmakers, and he got a ton of them in the draft. He got Josh Giddy to lead here, the Magic Johnson of the group, six foot eight point guard. Is he six nine, six ten? No, but we'll give it to him. Really big. He's one of the best passers, if not the best rookie passer in the NBA. I don't even know if that's an argument anymore. And he's coming off at three consecutive triple doubles, tying Oscar Robertson. And I don't know if he'll get a fourth one and he'll add the streak uh, through the All Star festivities. But I'm sure he'll be making a lot of passes. He has a lot of different options to tee it off to. And the primary option rests in number two overall pick, Jalen Green. Whenever the draft process was taking fold, when we had the lottery conversations really daily, I wanted Jalen Green on the Thunder. The speed, the athletic ability, the shot creation ability looked perfect with SGA. Didn't end up falling to OKC went to Houston at pick number two. And, you know, for a Thunder fan base, the current stigma is like, hey, you're not supposed to like the Houston Rockets. Regardless, Jalen Green is a very fun player. And you bring him on with Josh Giddy. I think both sides are going to make a mutual agreement today to be supportive of each other. This might be the best duo to look out for during the game. You already know Josh Giddy will be eyeing these flashy passes, no looks, behind the backs, alley-oops. He all has it in his bag. It's just a matter of finding the right guy to uh, throw it up to. Jalen Green's easily the best option. He was throwing some practice off the bounce alleys to him earlier in the, the day here. I'm almost certain we'll see one or two alley-oops between those two parties. Jalen Green can get his head to the basket basket you know he can look into the damn basket you get a pass started up by josh giddy i can assure you this clip is hitting sports center and nba twitter will be in a frenzy for a couple minutes following that play both players are insane in their own respective categories makes the perfect fit for team worthy and they got a lot of other assets at their disposal they have tyrese maxi cole anthony Jalen Suggs and Marjan Beauchamp rounding out the roster and then you got Herbert Jones at the five spot keeping it real I think you have this duo with Giddy and Green and then it's a whole lot of uncertainty this is a roster where positionally it's a problem they don't have the front court necessary they don't even have a true small forward so I'm sure Giddy will be playing time at the four. You have Beauchamp, who's six foot six. He's more of a two. I bet he slides up to the three. And Herbert Jones, he'll be playing the five spot for the majority of the game. And then you got to filter in, you know, Green, Maxi, Cole Anthony, and Jalen Suggs. There's a lot of talent on this team. It's just making it all work out. And, you know, it's making sure that they're able to play in harmony with just one basketball. And, I'd say Giddy should be the primary distributor. He's the best passer on the team. But under this current configuration, I don't think you have a primary initiator. It's just whoever's there, take the basketball up and go for it. Maxie's a hell of a shot creator. Cole Anthony's been a great one. And Jalen Suggs, I like him as a passer as well. 
Um, but he can also try to get his. So I think the reps will be uh, something to take note of. But when Josh Giddy has the basketball in his hands, oh my goodness, you better get ready and you better watch out because there's, uh, there's going to be some fun stuff coming his way. If the roster construction's not an issue, and, and there's really no um, back-to-basket type of dominance in the game, I think that you'll see Team Worthy have a real shot at it. But as of right now, it's kind of a toss-up. I'd peg them as one of the underdogs. Um, but, you know, that's not going to stop Oklahoma City Zone and Josh Giddy from having a hell of a night. Pick-and-roll play should be great for the 19-year-old in this game. Herbert Jones is the one setting the screens here, and he's not like a Kuminga or anything like that, but he can get the offense going, and given Giddy's passing and finishing ability these last few games, I'm certain it will yield solid results. I think that's kind of where you look offensively, outside of the obvious alley-oops that will come, but look at him on the defensive side. Because he has to play at the four, most likely, the matchups are going to be very fun for him. Kuminga and Scotty Barnes are both on Team C, if that's where we want to coin them right now. If they match up, you know, he's going to have to take one of those guys, lengthy, lengthy prospects who love finishing around the basket. That's a tough challenge if both of them are going at 100%. And then how about some other players like Jaden McDaniels, for example? You know, if you get Preston Sichua and um, you know, Isaiah Stewart together, you're gonna have to take one of those legitimate centers, and you got Evan Mobley on team A with Cunningham, I mean, that grouping would be ridiculous, and we'll see if it's more of a post-oriented game, the way that I view it, and the way I've seen these all-star games kind of transpire, it's usually not going to be that way, like, might start out with a couple shots around the basket, but this is where guards really flourish and the three-point shooters end up making their bank. So I don't know if it's going to be a lethal wound that Team Worthy doesn't have that center. You definitely have to keep it in mind though. And you got to keep in mind the dynamics of the game. First round plays to 50 points. Championship match only goes to 25 points. So if you're looking to get points in a hurry, you're taking the three ball. There's no reason to be going after twos because you got to hit that lucky number. Quickest way to do so, you know the math. It is from behind the arc. Face value, the pick for the best team has to be Isaiah Thomas's with Tyrese and Anthony Edwards, not to mention Desmond Bain and Sadiq Bey. A few other really good uh, players there, including Jaden Hardy. But uh, I think it could be a toss-up just because, you know, you have LaMelo Ball, you have Kuminga, Scoot Henderson on one side, you got Caden Mobley leading that rookie-infused roster over for Team Rick Barry, and then, you know, I think with uh, Team Worthy, they are underdogs, but given the craftiness of the team, they could make a serious run, and what this could come down to is a one-on-one matchup. Look at previous Rising Stars games when it was rookies versus sophomores. If someone gets in sync, you keep force-feeding the basketball to them. Remember like Dion Waiters hitting six consecutive three balls or something odd like that? Like he was in a rhythm. His matchup was really feeling it too. It's like a full two minutes of play of just back and forth hits from the right triple. And everyone came out smiling. There are some really good shooters 
on teams uh, in this game. And there's really two that stand out to me as under the radar prospects. Jalen Green is number one. And I don't know if he's really under the radar given he was selected second in the draft, but he's been a bit off as a three-level scorer. I think in open gym though, he's one of the best on the 28-man roster, to be honest with you. Athletic ability makes him a monster in penetrations, but his step back is so insane, creates room in the blink of an eye. He does it on twos or threes. He's got a mid-range pull-up game to him. When he starts getting hot, the microwave just kicks in with him, and he'll, he'll be able to drum up like 20 points for you I'm not going to say consecutively, but he'll get a grand portion of those 20 points. You let him play as the primary option and you get the hell out of the way. So that's why I say you can't really rule out anyone uh, during these types of bracket plays because you have special talents such as Jalen Green and even to another guy. How about Nishan Bones Highland? I think he could really light it up on Team C with a roster that already has LaMelo Ball. He's kind of casted in the shadows of this roster. I'd say he's like the sixth guy or even dead last. He was a replacement guy uh, for the rotation here. But his shot creation is also like on the freaking moon. You look at the combine from last season. Bones Highland was a mid-second round selection. He gets done with that process. People are willing to take him mid-first round depending on who you're asking. Gets taken in the first by the Nuggets. He's had to play a significant role with Jamal Murray out with injury. And the high outputs of points aren't gone. I mean, I watched him um, at the preseason game at the BOK. He was able to hit shots from anywhere. And he's, he does it like out of nowhere. He can brick five in a row and then he'll hit eight in a row. And he's the star of everything. He gets it from all three levels, just like Jalen Green. Step back is in his arsenal. And I think more importantly, he's able to create for others as well. He had an A-plus passing with flying colors venture in the summer league and in the combines. I think it could be the same tonight. So we'll see how those guys go. If I had to make the prediction, I will go with Team Isaiah. Am I super confident with it? Uh, it, it's hard. I really hope that it goes a different direction. I think they might be the blandest team, even though their roster on paper looks the best. It'd be cool to see Cade and Giddy go at it after not seeing them um, in, in the debut because of you know summer league injuries to Josh and all that. But I, I guess that'd be my favorite. As long as you see Team Worthy go up against uh, the grouping of Team Rick Barry, Call it a W here. Even if they play the Mellows group, I'm happy. And it looks that way. As long as they're not a one and done with Isaiah Thomas's group, I say this will be good. And regardless, Josh Giddy will have one hell of a night with the two events he has. And he's also going to be partaking in tomorrow's festivities. And I'll get into that in tomorrow's episode. But as for today, that is going to do it. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.